You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail and Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. We have a bunch to get to today because I was a degenerate and accidentally (laughs) missed the podcast recording yesterday. It was actually me that was the reason why we didn't have the duo come together and record a podcast where usually it's not a having a busy schedule. It was all my fault. This is this one's going to be on me. So here we are on a Tuesday with a lot of content to get to. Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast actually mentioned the Hornets quite a bit because he welcomed Bill Simmons of the Ringer. They talked a lot about trade ideas that they were throwing back and forth and the Charlotte Hornets having the third overall pick was mentioned quite a bit. I want to run down a couple of those examples A veteran on the roster being mentioned by Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons as an interesting name. So we'll talk about that in the second segment and not as car got broken into. I want to talk about that at the end <laughs> of the show today. Don't give anything away. Got a tease. It's called a tease and not a for the final segment. So I want to get to all of that. A lot of good stuff to get to on this edition of Lockdown Hornets. But not, I want to talk a little bit about the Low Post podcast that yes, uh, that we both listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. This was a wild, wild, wild scenario. Like, because I was just listening to it. And then Charlotte got brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this is more than normal. And the fact that this is almost a sign that, hey, the Charlotte Hornets are in a really good position to build something here and put themselves in a position to where they can have something really, really cool going forward for the next season. And the crazy part is they, again, because let's peel back the curtain a little bit here. So we were going to record at a certain point in time. I go look at the document that we both work on for the show. And then I already see you working on it. And I'm like, oh, we listened to the same exact thing. And we listened again, because I'd been listening. You'd clearly been listening And at some point, we realized, hey, they're going to talk about this Wiseman thing and this whole drafting up for Wiseman and or trading up for Wiseman. And we've talked about it before, but this seems to be like there's an actual possibility this may happen. And I am kind of worried. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of so let's let's dive into it. Let's dive into some of your worries. So the first thing they talk about on the Low Post podcast with Bill Simmons it's actually pretty early in the pod when they're talking about trade ideas. And Zach Lowe mentions that he actually thinks this is going to be a pretty interesting NBA offseason, despite there not being too many big names available in free agency because of what you have with Golden State selecting two overall and the rare time that you have a team selecting that high in the NBA draft while also looking to potentially win the championship as soon as next season. That doesn't happen too often. And because of that, there are so many different scenarios that could play out, whether Golden State wants to trade that for a win now piece, whether they want to use that as a potential home run to set them up for maybe an immediate return and also a return down the line. Who knows what Golden State is going to do specifically, but teams tell at least the intel that Zach Lowe has gathered this offseason, teams are telling him that they think Golden State wants to use the second overall pick 
and select a player that they can think can help them now and in the long term. And so that makes her for some very interesting scenarios. Also, Minnesota, they have some talent on their roster as it stands right now. They've just been a mess and haven't been able to um, use that to any real postseason success. They got an eighth spot after beating the Denver Nuggets in a play-in game a couple of years ago. And that's the most success we've seen from them in a while, which you could argue is not success. So let's dive into it, Nada. Yes. Zach Lowe mentions the thing that makes that, that, that requires the least mental gymnastics as far as a trade down for either the Warriors or the Wolves is Charlotte giving up the third overall pick and something else on their roster. The example that Zach Lowe mentions a couple of times, the first name out of his mouth, it's Miles Bridges. He says, quote, Hornets would really like a center. Just look at their roster. Now, he didn't say that this was any kind of sources that were telling him this, but he did say it just makes a lot of sense. The Hornets would really like a center. And they keep saying that this would be a trade if the Hornets really want James Wiseman and they're worried he wouldn't be there. Because on paper, it seems like Golden State picking James Wiseman, uh, James Wiseman would make the most sense. And if the Hornets want him desperately enough, is that something they could do to move up to two or one trading the third overall pick and just doing a pick swap and then giving else giving up something else like a Miles Bridges? Is that something that Minnesota or Golden State would be interested in? What were your thoughts when you heard of that scenario thrown out by a Zach Lowe and just when Bill Simmons and he were talking about that? The big, the big thing that I think stood out to me is that Miles Bridges makes a lot of sense, a lot more sense for a team like Golden State than they do for a team like Minnesota. Minnesota's already got enough issues with what their roster composition is at that that point right now. To, I just, I don't know. Like Golden State for Miles Bridges seems so smart and so prescient and so, like it works for them. The problem I start seeing is with this pick swap, why are we assuming it's Wiseman? I guess that's my thing. If we, again, if Golden State selects Wiseman, and I guess that's my thing. It, again, it doesn't make any sense for anyone to select Wiseman unless you are certain he is either Chris Bosh or Joel Embiid. And there's nothing in the tape that shows either at this point, he seems uh, I, more of a he seems more of an Andre Drummond to me. So I'm with you on that. If you're talking about trading up for James Wiseman, I don't want to get rid of any assets, even with my disbelief in Miles Bridges ever panning out to be a really good starter on a playoff team. I think that he could be a starter. We've already gone through our analysis on Miles Bridges, but even with that, even with me being somewhat low or on the lower side of evaluation for him compared to some Hornets fans, I still don't want to do that because I don't want to get rid of anything in order to move up to go get James Wiseman. I think that's where I agree with you. If you think James Wiseman is the guy and you are just scared to death of LaMelo shot and you're scared to death of Anthony Edwards motor and you decide here's James Wiseman, a guy who at least we've seen reported as well, a lot of execs think is a sure thing in this NBA draft, giving you some type of miles Turner production, 15 and 12 that, that, that you think he's pretty solidly going to give you that then. Okay, cool. The Hornets can stay there at three and just take the consolation prize. And if James Wiseman isn't there, then go ahead and take the chance on a Anthony Edwards and really bank on your Greensboro swarm and Nick Friedman and all your player development tactics, really helping him and order LaMelo ball with the same thing like that. That's what I would want to do. But when we talk about trading up for that kind of guy, this is a draft to me 
that makes the most sense to trade down. And I know people get mad at that, but Mm -hmm. this is not the same kind of draft class as these other drafts have. And that's what I thought was most interesting when Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons were talking about this, they were talking about these specific selections having a lot of clout just because they're evaluating number one, number two, number three, and they're not evaluating the guy that could be selected at number one, number two, number three. I always go back to Chad Ford and his analysis on this because I completely agree with it. Chad Ford has LaMelo Ball as his number one guy. And you know, I asked him when he joined us on the podcast, okay, well, wh- where would he go in a regular draft? He's like, oh, okay, like five or six. So, okay, here we are talking about just moving up one spot giving up a guy like Miles Bridges, who is still somewhat of a, he's a young player, still has some promise there. Like that, that's a, that's a real piece you're giving up to move up one slot to not just take the consolation prize. Okay. So we're talking about that just being the return for one slot moved up, let alone five or six, which is where the number one overall prospect in this draft, right. Might really go in a normal NBA draft. That's why I thought it was a little problematic with the way they were discussing the value of the second or third overall pick. Even if Golden State wants to try to take the home run swing here, like with the number two overall pick or if they trade down, what could they get? It's just a weaker class, Nada. And so if you want to take Wiseman at three, cool, but don't trade up for him and give up any assets. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense unless Wiseman is giving you prime shack vibes in these workouts and you're getting tape of this. I, again, between him and then another big Obi Toppin, who seems to have different, like a whole different PR campaign about how he's worthy of being uh, anywhere from the, the second to the sixth pick this year. Like, I don't seem to understand it, especially. And it feels like one of those again. And you know what it feels like Walker. It feels like we're watching what happened with the warriors happen with the Lakers. And we're not looking at this stuff critically. Everybody sees, oh, you need that big, that big that can cause mismatches. And then you need one of the greatest wing players ever to win a ring. Well, okay. And again, it's similar to what they did with the Warriors. Like the Warriors, oh, we need shooting. We need shooting. We need shooting. Changing the calculus. Everybody's trying to do this copycat league thing. And for this draft specifically, the idea should be, let's go get the best talent or the most the highest ceiling guy and trust Greensboro. And if you're talking about extracting the highest ceiling guy, I'm not sure it's Wiseman. I'm not even sure if it's Anthony Edwards, it's LaMelo ball. If we're talking about highest ceiling. Well, and that, so I guess that's where I have the biggest issue with this is if this is about high ceilings, then you better be getting a Killian Hayes, a LaMelo ball it's it can't be Wiseman. It absolutely cannot okay. be Wiseman. And, and even and and we need to go to break, but I'll, I'll leave the first segment on this. It's it's not even just trading up for Wiseman that has that that gives me the problem. It's trading up. Period. It's not necessarily Wiseman. If if that's your guy, fine. And, and ultimately, Mitch Kupchak is going to do what he wants and what he thinks is best for the team. In my opinion, taking the guy that is a leftover from the first two picks. Whoever doesn't make it there, whatever guy you think is best there in your top three, don't give up an asset 
and, and instead just take that person that is available, whether it's James Wiseman, whether it's LaMelo or Anthony Edwards, don't trade up and give up any kind of asset to go get them. Because honestly, they could be just sending out smoke screens or whatever, knowing that it would make sense for the Hornets to get a center in this draft, just because on paper, it looks like that would be this it, it, on paper. It looks like that's the thing to do. Oh, they need a center. There's a center. That's a top three pick in this draft take the center with the third overall selection and be done with it. If teams are really going to be scared that the Hornets might take them, um, then maybe Golden State and Minnesota can just do the smokescreen thing and Minnesota can say, hey, Golden State, they're going to take James Wiseman, Mitch. I mean, you need to get up here to number one, give us this and we can make that happen for you. And if Golden State wants to trade down, said, hey, we're going to take James Wiseman uh, unless you want to give us Miles Bridges and your third overall pick, like just just don't fall for it. Even if they are telling the truth, take any of the other guys available. That's what I want to do. All right. I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com before we move on, continuing to talk about a few more things that Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe had to say on the Low Post podcast. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com and home in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business and serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go there right now, rockauto.com, and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. The veteran on the Hornets roster that could be on the move, Zach Lowe's intel tells him. We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So later on in the pod, Bill Simmons comes up with another trade idea. They they really like Charlotte, Zach Lowe and Bill, and it does make some sense. They like Charlotte because it makes it makes the most sense on how these two team, the, the Wolves and the Warriors, how they could move down and the salaries match. You can just do some pick swaps and what makes the most sense. It really does involve Charlotte without having to come out with some crazy off the wall. Ideas, and I do get that. So one of the trade scenarios that Bill Simmons brought up was Minnesota and Charlotte. Could they do a one for three pick swap? Charlotte receives the first overall selection and Charlotte also receives James Johnson's expiring contract. And then Minnesota would receive the third overall pick, but also receive Terry Rozier after his season that he had with the Charlotte Hornets last year, when Bill Simmons offered that to Zach Lowe, he said, if you look at just the statistic, uh, the statistics on Terry Rozier's year, he actually had somewhat of a quiet season. We've documented that and how polarizing he is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then Zach Lowe responded, Terry Rozier is a guy that could be sneaky under the radar trade piece. And there are some people that like them. There's some people that don't. But if there are guys out there that actually do like Terry Rozier, then it might make some sense uh, for him to be potentially on the move, which is not foreign to us. We've explored that a little bit. When I throw that trade scenario out there via Bill Simmons and what he said on the Low Post podcast, what do you make of all of that? That makes a lot more sense than moving Miles Bridges to move up. 
that makes a whole lot more sense. Because when you start thinking about it, Terry Rozier is exactly what the Minnesota Timberwolves need, but also at the same time, this clears up a whole bunch more space and you get the guy that you want. And also at the same point, it clears up the two guard spot per se for a guy. I don't know, maybe a LaMelo ball, maybe an Anthony Edwards, yeah. depending on which one you like. And that makes a lot more sense than moving a miles bridges who mind you is still under cost control and you don't have to really pay for another two years. That makes a lot more sense to me. That one is the one that, okay, I'm a little bit more for, even though I like Terry Rozier and I like what he did this year. I'm kind of with you. Uh, there, there's a lot of interesting aspects to this trade to me. One, because you get the number one overall selection. It would be the first time that we've had that um, in forever. And certainly in the new era of Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets basketball. So you'd get the number one overall pick you'd get James Johnson's expiring contract, which would be another valuable trade piece, depending on how soon you could trade him after you sign him. Um, also, and I forget the rules, the deadline on that. I, I don't know exactly how like that would two, three months. I think it's two or three months. So oh, there you go. Um, so with James Johnson be, having an expiring contract, you get rid of Terry Rogier's contract that would have another year on the books, even after this season. So he's got two more years left on his deal. You mentioned that it does open up a free spot if the Hornets decide that they want to do that and move up to number one overall. And James Wiseman isn't the pick. And instead it's Anthony Edwards and or LaMelo ball. And you want to pair one of those guys with one Devontae Graham. That becomes fascinating to not only shed that salary, not only get another backcourt mate with Devontae Graham, who is hopefully a pillar of this organization, but what it also does is not a, they're worse. And as much as Terry Rozier Mm-hmm. is, you know, is so polarizing and people don't think he affects winning basketball. They are worse. And that means that they would finish with a bad record again. And you know what? That means a higher likelihood of getting a number, uh, another top five pick in next year's NBA draft, where the draft class is a lot better than the one you're currently in. That makes a lot of sense to me. If you are in this for the long haul, that makes a lot more sense to me to do this trade with Minnesota rather than giving up a Miles Bridges just to go to number one or number two to get your James Wiseman. Agreed. And the other thing is, at that point, you're also talking, and you brought it up, you could pair, again, let's say you keep a Cody Zeller on the roster. Now you can go Cody Zeller, James Johnson, pair almost, I want to say, $30, $34 million in salary along with the Batum thing. That allows you to do a lot of roster again restructuring at the trade deadline and then you become someone that hey we can take a bad max contract and talk to i don't know and again that's where the andrew wiggins things and you have to give uh, and again if we start talking about wiggins you're talking about at least taking three four five pieces in that and and picks for days but at the same time, that's it allows a roster restructure to build yourselves for the future, especially if you have a cap sheet just as clean as the Charlotte Hornets have right now. So, I, again, for me, this is the better of the two options right now, if you told me which one that they had. But at the same time, I'm not sure I want to give up Terry Rozier, despite the fact that, again, like you said, they'd be worse. They'd be up for a top five pick. I'm not sure, but I would be willing to find out, you know? So 
the other thing that's kind of interesting is let's say that they take James Wiseman instead and they don't replace Terry Rozier in the backcourt. Well, now you're talking about the one place where the Hornets were somewhat deep in as far as guys that are supposed to contribute long-term. It was in the backcourt trying to figure out Malik Monk, Cody Martin, uh, you know, the number Caleb three overall Martin. pick in this yeah. situation without Terry Rozier. Or if you take Wiseman, excuse me, it would be Malik Monk, Cody Martin, Devontae Graham, and, you know, I don't know who else would be in that rotation rather than having Terry Rozier. So instead of one scenario where you have all those guys and the third overall pick and Terry Rozier in this situation, it would be just those three guys. You get Wiseman. Cody Zeller is a little bit more expendable because you have a veteran minimum contract on the books to help mentor Wiseman, whether that's Biombo or somebody else. And then Cody Zeller can be flipped for a trade piece. And then you're kind of leaning into we don't think this now even more so, which they've talked a lot about needing a lot more talent and then trading Cody Zeller for some kind of pick to help them in return. I, I like the direction of that rebuild more so than holding on to Terry Rozier and having him be a guy that lights up the scoreboard for you. And when I say lights up talking about 20 points per game on 42% shooting and 40% three point shooting, you know, there, there is the entertainment value here, which I know you give a lot of credence to Nada, when watching your basketball team, do you want to watch them and, and have some kind of guy that can be that, or, or can Devante be that? And you don't miss Terry Rozier too much when he's gone next season. Um, yeah. Th those are just some other things to consider in my opinion. Like, that's the thing. Like that's, and I guess this is where I'm at also. I don't think you can be worse and at the same time expect a better pick because that's the one thing you have to remain competitive. If the lottery guys have shown you anything in this new lottery restructure, you have to be competitive at what you're doing. So therefore, like, again, that's the gamble. Like, again, you add a pick and you do something, I don't know, and you end up with 28, 29, 30 wins. I kind of understand why you would I, – I kind of understand the allure to trade Terry Rozier, but, again, you're not winning too much with Terry Rozier, but you're also not losing too, too much. And I want you – I want the Hornets to be in that level of, okay, we'll be 24 to 30 wins and we'll probably end up picking top three again. So it is a risk. It is a big risk because you'll end up – you could end up in Knicks land, Cavs land, where you end up getting penalized for losing too much. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's funny how I'm more of a, a fan of trading down rather than trading up. But when you're talking about in order to trade up, giving up a piece like Terry Rogier, who as much as I've actually defended him for the kind of season that he had in certain areas last season, I truly don't view him as a pillar of this organization when it's time to take that next step up, certainly not as a starter and not even for that contract. And so if he is the piece that Minnesota is looking to trade for while also moving down, then it just makes like, like, man, you know, is Terry really that highly thought of to the point where Minnesota would deem Terry Rozier enough of a prize to get in exchange for the number one overall pick and just getting off of James Johnson's contract. I mean, really, is, is that is that truly something Minnesota would be interested in? That's where this all kind of gets lost on me. But if this were the case, like if this were true and Minnesota 
were to go after Terry Rozier and offer the number one overall pick. And all you had to give up um, was Terry. You get an expiring contract and you just give up the third. Like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense to me. Also want to thank, in addition to rockauto.com, we always want to thank Build Bar as well, who have been partners with us for a long time here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We always talk about the six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. And as somebody also called us on Twitter, because Nada has managed to make this a thing, the Barcia boys from our favorite flavor, Cherry Barcia. They also have their 12 original flavors as well. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And the bars are low calorie, low sugar, and high protein. They're also high fiber, and they're great if you are partaking in the keto diet. You can get a free cooler with your purchase also. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Some amateurs broke into Nada's car last night. We talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I have a Twitter question. Uh, tweeted at Nada as well to get to here in the last segment. But I first want to bring up the fact that Nada, you have gone in on some of the amateurs, as you've called them, who broke into your car and didn't really take anything. It's just that they broke into your car, I guess, to prove that they could. And I guess because they couldn't find anything valuable. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Like, and maybe you're listening to this amp, you amp rank amateurs. Maybe you're not, but here's the thing. If you're going to ruin my morning, and basically have the cops knock on my door. Now, granted, I'm not the biggest fan of the cops knocking on my door. So you're going to ruin my morning. You're going to <laughs> cause all this havoc to my morning. And my, again, I'm a creature of habit. I like my routines. You know what's not in my routine, Walker? It's cops. So thank right. you for ruining my morning. I wanted my coffee. I couldn't get my coffee till later. All I wanted to do was enjoy this morning. I'm finally starting to feel good at the new job. I'm finally starting to do stuff and have a routine. And here you guys go. Again, being those player haters, like P. Diddy said, and just <laughs> trying to ruin my morning. And you don't even take anything. You didn't. Instead, what'd you do? You went, you rifled through my stash box. Didn't think I had, again, thinking I had something that, I, again, I clearly didn't because I don't keep anything of value in the car. I don't. You know why I don't? Because I know people, haters like you, you rank amateurs, you decided to go through my car. I knew haters were going to go through there, Walker. And you know what? I'm annoyed. I don't even, you know, let's get to the Twitter question. Okay, we'll get to the Twitter question. I imagine that would be pretty annoying, but I'm glad in all seriousness, nobody got anything out of your car. So basically, did they break it or anything like that? Or is everything Um, still fine and in order? Uh, again, the window motor might be the one thing that ends up being re- replaced, which <laughs> I'm, I'm not very happy about right now. But um, I'm hoping that hopefully nothing goes wrong. Hopefully yeah. nothing is wrong, because if there is, then, yeah, um, if y'all see any smoke from like Hunters, the Huntersville area, just say a prayer for your boy. 
Yeah. All right. We will indeed do that. We did get a Twitter question that we want to get to here. Tweeted at not at the scribe and also Doug Branson uh, at Doug Branson, LOH. The question coming in from Rob Brown at Dunn Brownie. Uh, should the Hornets look at taking a flyer on Boogie Cousins to fill the center need? He will need a team and he's going to be cheap if he's healthy. Or do you think he wants to go to a winning team instead of taking a one and one deal to prove how healthy he is? Thank you, Rob Brown, for tweeting um, really at not at the scribe and Doug Branson, LOH. We can talk about it here. I've been asked this on the wake up call mm-hmm. and you know, not a, I just don't really see a need for DeMarcus Cousins on this team. He's, He's 30 years old. We know about the injury concerns after having that Achilles injury, just never really being able to bounce back from that. He's bounced uh, from Golden State to the Lakers where it hasn't worked out for him. I I don't think that there's this. I I just don't find the need to bring in someone that if all goes right with DeMarcus, he plays well on a cheap deal. And you're most likely talking about a short term deal where it is one year and then he proves that he's healthy. Then he parlays that into um, going to a different team where all he does for the Hornets is win more games, not quite get them to the playoffs, get them closer to mediocrity, which I want to stay away from. And then he leaves the team without actually us getting any long term um, you know, status with him. Like, and, and, and I don't think that DeMarcus is a guy that I really want as the mentor. You know, I've defended Agreed. DeMarcus Agreed. Cousins. Yeah. And, and I, and I've defended DeMarcus on the quote unquote character issues. You know, I, I think those were overblown. I think there was some substance to that in Sacramento, but I think they've been overblown at times. Like, I don't think we heard anything when he was with the Pelicans, uh, all golden state and, and LA did when he was with them. Um, you know, it, th- we're, there weren't any comments about DeMarcus there. I just, I don't know if he's the guy that is teaching the young one. If he's not a problem, that's different than actually teaching the young big man that they have on this team. So there's just not too many scenarios I see where, yeah, let's go after DeMarcus Cousins and make that a priority. Uh, See, here's the thing. And I guess this is where I'm at with any, any center prospect. If he's slow, if we know all he can do is get buckets and he can't defend the rim, why not just draft James Wiseman? It's a better investment because he'll actually get better on the defensive end. I hate to put this. I hate to say this about Boogie Cousins, but he's a dinosaur now. He's got two bad Achilles. Again, it is rare that you it's rare that you recover after the first one. The second one going like. I just don't see it. I don't see mm-hmm. it. I would rather invest my time and my development time into a James Wiseman and bring Biz back because if that's going to be even, then bring back the guy that everybody's got camaraderie with and everybody knows instead of bringing back a star, just trying to sell some jerseys, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, but we do appreciate the question being posed to you, not a uh, Rob Brown. We appreciate that question. Another thing real quickly. Um, and I saw this come in across about an hour ago, just to update people on the trending topics in the NBA, the Indiana Pacers have a new head coach. They're hiring Raptors assistant, Nate Bjorkren as their new head coach sources. Tell the athletic, this was a tweet from Shams Sharania, not a name that I have any familiarity with, but he comes from the Toronto Raptors organization that has really put a huge emphasis on player development. And I would imagine there is some, um, I, I would imagine that would be something the Pacers are hoping to bring to Indiana with him as the new head coach. What do you make of that? Is there anything to to make of that high or not. I, I don't know anything about him. I just know, obviously, the success that Nick Nurse has had as the head coach with the Toronto Raptors. 
the Nate Bjorkrens of the world, I guess this is where I'm at with this. The Nate, the fact that the Darvin Hams, the David Vanterpools, the um, Jock Vaughns per se, that don't get a second chance or don't get a first chance per se, and the Nate Bjorkrens that automatically get the first chance. And I just, I, the NBA has a coaching problem. The NBA has a coaching diversity problem. And for that to be, again, for Indiana to further exacerbate this, it's, it's worthy of a longer discussion, obviously, but at the same time, this is par for the course. And I find myself disappointed that someone of color, a coach of color didn't get a, fair shot at this job. Quite well, it, not only the coaches you mentioned, but the one that is immediately the coach that I go to, it's Adrian Griffin, who was on that coaching staff. Like here is a black guy that is qualified that a lot of people thought, Hey, he could be the next head coach out there. The next black head coach that's hired. And he's on the damn team. He's on the damn coaching staff. And you know, with the same coaching staff where one guy was hired, Nate Borkren, and here's Adrian Griffin, who I thought was good. If you would have asked me who is the coach from Toronto's coaching staff that would get a job, I mean, would you have not have said Griffin based on what we had heard? I mean, I, that's what I would have gone. And so there's just another example to bring. I don't know if you heard him or I don't know if you said him, not, I just uh, heard you say a couple of other guys, but yeah, that's one guy to consider also. Shoot. Look at stack stack was on that on that coaching staff for years and didn't get a sniff and had to go to friggin' Vanderbilt to coach. There is a problem when we talk about NBA coaching diversity. I know people hate for me to bring this up, but again, there's another glaring example of this. And I wish I didn't have to point that out, you know? Yeah, no, I completely hear you. And yet it happens once again. We'll see how it works out for Indiana, but it's the fact that those guys don't get the benefit of the doubt. Black people don't get the benefit of the doubt that are on coaching staffs that are well-established and successful. And um, it's Adrian Griffin who doesn't get an opportunity yet. It is a guy like Bjorkren, who again, I don't know anything about, so I'm not going to speak to him on a personal level about him on a personal level. I literally have no clue. I wouldn't have been able to recognize that guy on the coaching staff or if he walked in and slapped me in the face, but still... It does indicate to me, because we continue to see this constantly, that there is a problem. There is a coaching problem within the NBA. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Bill Barr for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>